Welcome back to Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast. We just want to go ahead and take the opportunity right now to finish up our episode and tribute to the life and career of Sharon Tate. The lights are back on. The really treacherous weather that we had is over. So time to get dive back into our episode part two. Now I mentioned Filmways uh, and the Beverly Hillbillies when we first um, when I stopped the episode, but there was one Filmways TV show I completely forgot about to my astonishment, Mr. Ed. And Sharon did make two appearances on Mr. Ed. I watched one just now, a few minutes ago, where she portrayed a telephone operator. I can't think of the name of the episode, but it aired originally in December of 1963. And uh, she was absolutely lovely as always. And uh, this was not screen quite long enough for me, but she was terrific. She was absolutely stunning. Fun to see she and Ed briefly going back and forth over the telephone. Because although this Horace don't never talked to anyone except for Wilbur, he was always making phone calls. <laughs> but uh, as I said, Sharon was signed to a seven-year contract with Filmways. And um, she, as I said, was um, a part of the Beverly Hillbillies for 15 episodes where she was the bank secretary, Janet Trego. After her time on the Beverly Hillbillies, she began to move into the world of film. She gradually moved over into films. She had a walk-on part in The Sandpiper, which starred Elizabeth Taylor. And I think Richard Burton was also in that film. I think that was one of the Richard Burton Liz Taylor films. Now, according to her younger sister, Deborah, there were some actresses around Hollywood who weren't too keen on working with Sharon. They saw her as a threat. And one of those actresses was Elizabeth Taylor. Not throwing any shade to Liz, but I am calling it as I heard it to be. That she really didn't want Sharon to be around too much. Didn't want her to have a lot to do in the film because, again, she was just too pretty. And there were other actresses, according to Deborah, who had the same take on Sharon. They just really didn't want her to be there. They wanted to get rid of her as soon as possible. Now, Sharon, of course, continued on with her film career. She was in Don't Make Waves. And speaking of Don't Make Waves... I have to mention that film specifically. I haven't seen it in years. The film, of course, starred Tony Curtis. But the thing that I discovered when I was doing research for this episode is this. Remember Malibu Barbie, the doll Malibu Barbie? We have Malibu Barbie. My sister and I both have a couple of editions of Malibu Barbie. And I had no idea until researching this episode that the Malibu Barbie doll was made after Sharon Tate and her part in the film, Don't Make Waves. And it makes sense. I I, I mean, I'm not in the least bit surprised, but I feel really privileged and really honored that I mean, because we still have these, these Malibu Barbie dolls. I feel privileged that we have these dolls and that they were basically fashioned and patterned after Sharon Tate. So uh, 
I couldn't be happier about that. Was surprised to find it out, so thrilled to find it out, but not too too surprised at the same time because it make again it makes total sense. Sharon also was in the Thirteen Chairs, which was released after her passing. She was in the Wrecking Crew with Dean Martin. That was one of his Matt Helm films. You know, he had the Matt Helm series going for a while. And that was supposed to be his last Matt Helm film. It was kind of like the James Bond movies, but a spoof the James Bond movies. Um, he was going to, you know, this was going to be the last one. But he loved working with Sharon so much that he was going to do one more film, one more Matt Helm movie, and have Sharon in it. Unfortunately, that did not come to pass. Also, I read during doing my research that if you've seen the Austin Powers movies before, which I have not, um, the female in those movies, because in the first one, I believe the female was Elizabeth. I can't think of her last name. In the second one was Beyonce. And from what I read, those two characters were both patterned after Sharon Tate's role in The Wrecking Crew. Again, makes total sense. But uh, the film that really put Sharon Tate on the map was The Valley of the Dolls, which was released in 1967, December of 1967. It was based upon the very salacious, very popular, very scandalous book that came out a little bit earlier. Now, I have seen The Valley of the Dolls, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. I think I I last saw it in the 90s, believe it or not. The first time I saw it, though, was probably in the early 80s. You know, they used to bring on movies late at night after the 10 o'clock news on the local affiliates. Well, that was my introduction to The Valley of the Dolls and to Sharon Tate. And she just, for me personally, she stood out in that movie more than anybody else did. I mean, you had Barbara Parkins, who was in the film. She was from Peyton Place, best known for being on that very popular TV show. And of course, who could forget Patty Duke, who had only not only had her own TV show for three seasons, but also won an Academy Award for her role as Helen Keller in The Miracle Worker. But there was just something about Sharon that just stood out more than anyone. I mean, just those intoxicating deep brown eyes for one thing. But uh, she just absolutely was perfect in that movie. Now, someone was originally cast before Sharon or they wanted someone else to do the part that she had. I cannot remember the actress's name. I think whoever they really wanted for the part initially turned it down. But again, I can't remember who that was. But Sharon was the one who got the role. She portrayed Jennifer North. And the interesting thing about it is that it was kind of like Sharon Tate's real life experience. Because in the film, Jennifer North was a beautiful, gorgeous, hot blonde trying to make a successful career for herself who wanted to be taken seriously as an actress, but she was basically just judged for her beauty and her, you know, her beautiful face and her figure. She wasn't seen beyond that. And a lot of actresses, they have had difficulty getting away from being seen just for their looks. They are not seen for anything 
beyond that. They aren't seen as being a bona fide, legitimate actress. And that was the problem that Jennifer had in the film. Not going to go into how the film turns out or what happens. For one thing, I haven't seen it in so long. I can't remember how it all turned out. But I did watch a couple of YouTube videos where they were doing the backstory to the film. And I did find out how it all turned out. But um, I'm not going to reveal it here because I don't know who has seen it or who has not seen it or who, like me, hasn't seen it in many, many years. So I would recommend going and checking it out. YouTube has it available. You can either buy it or rent it. And of course, you know, Amazon has it. I mean, it's definitely a movie that I intend to watch again very soon. Very easy to see, very accessible. Now, the film got really hit hard when it came to the critics. The critics did not like the movie at all. Slammed continuously. But the public loved it. And it's a cult classic, and it definitely has a very special place in pop culture and in cinema history. And as for Sharon, she was actually nominated for a Golden Globe for her performance as Most Promising Newcomer. But uh, Valley of the Dolls, I remember really liking the movie when I first saw it as a kid. I was probably around 9 or 10 when I first saw it. Uh, loved Sharon in particular. She made the movie for me more than anyone else. And the theme song, love the theme song, performed by the beautiful Dionne Warwick. They picked the perfect lady to sing that theme song. So yeah, the movie is very salacious. Uh, it's over the top. It's very dramatic. It is... A lot of the scenes are so overdone and, and campy, kind of like an episode of Dynasty, because Dynasty was super campy in the 80s. So it was kind of like Dynasty in a way, but much more, what's the word I'm searching for? Much more, um, maybe controversial, much more, um, dramatic, you know, uh, very serious themes within that movie, like mental illness and, of course, drug addiction and the like. So, uh, yeah, definitely went beyond Dynasty, but when it comes to the camp of it all, yeah, Dynasty definitely comes to mind. But uh, if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. Because I really enjoyed becoming reacquainted with it when I saw the backstories and documentaries of it on YouTube recently. So I can't wait to sit down and watch it again. Because again, like I said, it's been many, many years since I've seen it. And it is on my to-do list when it comes to the next movie I want to watch. Definitely Valley of the Dolls. But Sharon definitely was enjoying her life. She was living in L.A. and she was, you know, just enjoying working on her acting career. And she had dated Jay Sebrig for a while. They were engaged. And uh, Jay Sebrig, of course, was the, he became the hairstylist to the stars in the 60s. But they broke up. Sharon broke up with him, actually, after she got involved with Roman Polanski. She met Roman Polanski, actually. He was an up-and-coming director, and um, they actually met on a film. 
and um, they met actually on the movie Dance of the Vampires. He was, like, like I said, an up-and-coming director, and they just really fell in love. They really developed a chemistry and a bond. They really began to like each other, and so she broke up with Jay, and, of course, they stayed friends. Sharon and Jay Sibrig, they stayed friends, you know, for the rest of their lives, and uh, she married Roman in January of 1968. They, of course, became one of the big super couples in Hollywood at that time. As a matter of fact, they actually had dinner with Robert Kennedy the night before his assassination in 1968. So Sharon and Roman, I mean, they were friends with, I mean, Michelle and John Phillips and Cass Elliott, all the Mamas and the Papas, and Steve McQueen and Mia Farrow and Jane Fonda, I believe, and her brother Peter. They just were a part of that whole young, hip Hollywood crowd in the late 60s. And they were all having a good time, and they were living their lives. They were young, and they were attractive, and they were wealthy, and they were doing what they wanted to do in regard to their careers. And life was good. And then in 1969, Sharon discovered that she was pregnant with her very first child, and she could not have been more excited. Sharon was thrilled at the idea of preparing for motherhood and having more kids and just enjoying her life. Unfortunately, Sharon's life came to a sudden and very brutally tragic end in 1969. I'm not going to elaborate on it very much because that's not what we want to focus on. We don't want to focus on how she died we're going to focus on who Sharon was as a person and on the life that she did live. Although we all wished that it would have been a lot longer. Um, I will say that Sharon died on the 9th of August, 1969. She was nine months pregnant. She was going to be delivering her baby in about two weeks. She was only 26 years old. She was brutally murdered along with several others at her home. And um, really for a lot of people, that was when the 1960s and that whole magical era came to an end. And that's pretty much all that I want to say in regard to that. I, again, when we decided to get, put this episode together, when uh, my buddy Andre gave me the idea, we decided that we were not going to focus on Sharon's death very much mention it we said that we would mention it which we have but to really focus on that we decided against it because that's not what this is about it's to celebrate the years that Sharon did live and it's to celebrate the fact that um, this is the day that she was born and that is what we are doing today with this episode so um, Sharon Tate though again like I said um If you don't know a lot about her like we didn't, definitely go and look at her movies. Go check out her time on the Beverly Hillbillies. Check out some documentaries and some books. YouTube has a lot of information about Sharon's life, documentaries, and, you know, the Valley of the Dolls, as I just said, and other films that she did. There is a lot, although she didn't live to be very old, unfortunately, there is a lot that you can 
find out about her. A lot you can read, a lot you can watch, a lot you can discover. There are YouTube videos, as I said. If you're on social media, there are Facebook pages and groups devoted to Sharon. There are Instagram pages devoted to her. So there is a lot to discover about this beautiful woman. And I highly recommend going out and doing that. Or maybe you're a big fan of hers already. Maybe you already know all about Sharon. Well, you can never watch her material. You can never read about her, learn about her, hear about her enough. So there's always something out there that you can go and re-watch and re-enjoy and rediscover. Now, if you haven't seen the film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I recommend that movie highly. I went to the movies. I took a day off work. Um, I just, and I don't recommend doing that. Not all the time anyway. Uh, I'm kind of a workaholic and it's rare that I actually take a day out of work to go to the movies. But that was one time that I did. I went to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the movie, of course, does focus a lot on Sharon Tate. So that right there is a great reason to check out the film. I cannot remember the name of the actress who portrayed Sharon in the movie, but they really picked a really good actress to portray her. She definitely brought the essence of Sharon to life in that movie. The cuteness, the bubbliness, the vivaciousness and just how alive and lively she was as a person. Definitely was captured within that film and by the actress who portrayed her. So if you haven't seen that film, definitely check it out. I'm pretty sure it's available on YouTube as well to either rent or to buy. If not, you know, there are many ways you can get that movie, many ways you can watch it. But, um, that is something I'm so glad that they decided to do. It's, of course, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, and I'm so glad that he chose to pay homage to Sharon, which just shows how much she has affected so many people's lives and the impact that she's still having all of these years later. Now, I found out, and I hope this is true, I hope that this is true, um, I saw on YouTube a video about there's a brand new Netflix documentary that's going to be coming up sometime this year about the life of Sharon. I cannot remember the name of it. I am assuming and I am hoping, fingers crossed, that this is legit. Uh, But it's supposed to be released sometime this year. I don't know when. But it's going to be about Sharon. Again, it's a Netflix documentary and no one can put a documentary together quite like Netflix. So I'm going to be on the lookout for that. Going to get my my subscription renewed so I can check that out. Because now that I have discovered so much about the life of Sharon Tate and Sharon Tate as a person and as a woman, I want to continue to discover more and more about her as much as I can and to continue to celebrate her life and her incredible legacy. And it was our honor to put this episode together for you all today. And I'm glad that we are able to complete it. Do part two on today. It's still the 24th of January, still her birthday. So I'm glad that we were able to go ahead and finish it up on today. We really wanted to do that. I'm glad that we had the opportunity that the lights came back on and we go ahead and, um, finished part two of this episode. 
And that's going to do it for this episode of Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast. We love to remember and celebrate people like Sharon Tate, along with all things and everything classic TV, because yes, she does have her place in classic TV. And we were happy to bring that to you, to all of you today. Thank you for listening and thank you for your time. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing. And thank you again for being there to celebrate with us the life of Sharon Tate. We will have a brand new episode coming up again very soon. What that's going to be about? Well, that's a surprise. We have a few ideas floating around in our heads, which we're going to go with. Well, that remains to be seen. But until that next episode, until it drops, thank you again for joining us today and we will see you then.